Welcome to the All Manner of Things podcast. In this podcast, we will ramble about how to host a games night. I'm Peter. And I'm Shandell. And in this episode of All Manner of Things, we discuss how to make a successful board game night. We're not saying we're experts in this. No. By no means. But... Maybe we might be able to hand over a few pointers which could make or break, potentially. Yeah. If you, especially if it's like your first games nights that you're just trying to... When I say games nights, I mean like it could be an entire day or whatever you want to do. But yeah. you might want to consider a few of these things that we've come up with. And also, like we're not experts, but we do attend three games nights on a regular basis. Uh, one that we host at our own house, one at a friend's house, and one that's a more formal games night at uh, our local board game shop. And then on top of that, you know, we have people over for games afternoons and stuff. So, you know, I guess this, these tips sort of apply to all of those. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing that we want to talk about is timing of your games night. There's several things you need to think about when it comes to timing of your games night. First is what day of the week you want it on. We used to go to one on a Friday night, but we found you have to be really Careful with a Friday night because people have just finished a long week of work and they could be quite tired and it could be difficult for people to stay awake. Then we moved it to a Saturday night, which does work a bit better. But of course, because Saturday is the night people do a lot of other social things, you're competing against a bunch of other things. And then the one at the board game shop is actually held on a weeknight, a Tuesday mm, night at the moment. Mm, mm. So obviously if you're holding it on a weeknight, you can't go as late because people have to get home because it's a school day. Yep. You know, so th- really thinking about what day of the week you want to hold it and what time of the day. Like we said, it could be games afternoons. Yeah, and look, uh, people do have busy lives, I suppose. And if you wanted to get yourself a... Uh, a crowd of people that are even regulars that are going to have that commitment. You know, you don't want something which lasts for four hours or five hours potentially. Again, it's just a suggestion. Some people might like that and some people will have the time for that, but you probably find that uh, on the whole, everyone's lives are quite busy and having something which is weekly might not be that possible. We found that it isn't that possible. Uh, and we found that um, once a month seems, seems to be that magic number where yeah. people still will have other things going on in their lives, but they can pencil off that last weekend of the month type thing. Yeah, and it's good if you can be regular like that, like a day that's like the last weekend of the month or the first weekend of the month or something that people know in advance. You're more likely to have a successful regular games night if you do that yeah. rather than if you plan it on the fly. It's enough as well, enough time for people, if they haven't seen each other in between, to have a few stories and, you know, how's your week been, how's your month been, sorry, or or something like that. So it's cool. It adds that, that social environment which you're trying to encourage while playing the games as well. When you, when you do host a games night in terms of timing, you do want to also consider that there's times when people won't rock up at exactly the same time, so they might be staggered. There's yep. got to be times yep. when it will be a complicated game, your first game potentially, so that takes time to explain. So it's just in case the box says like 45 minutes, 
yeah. total playing time, don't think it's going to be 45 yeah. minutes. It could if be a heck got, of a lot longer yeah, than that. If you've got at least one person you need to explain that game to, it's going to be longer than the time on the box, more than likely. Also, remember, take breaks as well. It's always a nice thing. Yeah, um, it's, especially, a social, it's a social thing. It's not yeah. just about the game. Yeah, so take take a bit of a break. If, if, if it's a heavy um, strategy game, then you can all agree to take a break halfway in between. It freshens people up again, gets them rethinking about it, especially when they walk away and they start talking in groups yeah, about, about what the they're doing. Yeah, about the strategy, about what yeah, you're going to do next. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 that encourages that that uh, the comeback and it's a fresh look at the game rather than things getting stagnant or, or tired over, yeah. over the same game. Yeah. And with um, the other thing with people arriving at different times, you know, you're never going to expect everyone to arrive at the same time, but you also should have... I don't know, I reckon at least half an hour allow mm. at the start of your games night for people just to catch up. I, I think what happens if you do have a regular games night though, there's uh, once people get an idea of what your games night is going to be about, whether it's going to be a little bit more formal or going to be strategic games versus that of party games, then they'll try and make a bit more of a commitment to turn up on time because they yeah. don't want to miss that explanation as well. But even still... You need catch-up time at the start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another thing that relates to timing is, you know, if you're having it, if you're having a day, a game's day rather than a game's night, which is usually what you would do if you want to play the longer, heavier strategy games, then are you going to provide lunch? And if you're having a game's night, what time are you going to start? Absolutely. So that are you going to be providing dinner? Yeah. Which leads us into... What food are you actually going to provide? Because you don't want people with sticky or greasy hands picking up the cards to your brand new blah game, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you don't want to spend a lot of time in the kitchen prepping while other people are waiting around for you to start playing a game as well. So make sure you have all that that prep work done if you're cooking something or if you've got the chips, they're already in a bowl or if you're going to do something, we found like having just simple pizza where everyone just goes out for a pizza um, or we order the pizza, sorry. And that comes to us. That's, that's easy. And it's, it's a good break. Greasy, greasy, but we do take a break. Like, so it's like, okay, pizza's here now. We're all going to stop. We're going to move into a different room away from the game so you can't trip <laughs> cheese or whatever on the game. Yep. We're going to eat the pizza and then we come back into the game afterwards. So exactly. we do feed people um, but we keep them away from the games. And with the chips, you were just saying chips, like, I don't know, if they're like really cheesy flavoured chips or something mm. that people are going to get crumbs all over their fingers. Yeah. I don't know, maybe you care less about your game. No, no one cares less about their games. You really want to keep your games quite pristine, especially if they're games you really enjoy. Yeah. So you just want to really consider lollies and snacks. It's kind of a junk food night, I guess. Traditionally it has been. Look, we've, yeah. we've also... Um, done healthy wraps. We've done healthy wraps, we have, yeah. and that's gone down quite well as well because, yep. you know, it's... The, the, the pita bread or whatever we use on the outside, it isn't that, you know, there's a bit of flour on the outside, but on the whole it's quite a clean meal. And I don't know, maybe we just got good friends as well or seem to have polite manners, but they don't, as you said, they don't bring the food to the table yep. and they are quite respectful 
We've got a couple of uh, people that want to, when they shuffle a deck, for example, of, of cards, oh, flick. they flick, <laughs> flick the cards together and you're like, oh, you're bending the cards. What are you doing? <laughs> I you're understand that it's in a, you know, an efficient and fancy way of shuffling cards, but it bends the cards. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't invite those people. No, no. Invite them. Um, uh, just take the cards and shuffle them before yeah, they yeah, get yeah. Make sure that you shuffle them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can like set up the board or, or, you know, here's another tip as well. If it is a quite a, a complicated game, strategy-wise, or requires lots of setup time, try and do that setup time before yep. people arrive, if you can. If and if you do want to make that the first game, generally that's what that's what is uh, preferable, I suppose, while people's minds are a little bit fresh. Yep. So that would lead us a little bit into um, the environment. That yes. you want your your friends to to rock up to. We hope they're your friends that you're, you're inviting. Well, you know, you could find random board game people yeah, in your town yeah, yeah, via yeah. I don't know, Facebook or Board Game Geek or something like that. Yep, you can set up your environment to help complement the game, and it doesn't need to be. It can be quite subtle. Subtle, yeah, that's the word I'm after. Quite subtle the way you do this. It could be a little bit of. Like, I'm not going to sound terrible, but mood lighting, I said it. Um, but you know what I mean, atmospheric lighting. Like, if you're playing Mysterium or something a little creepy, just dim the lights a little bit, but make sure you're able to read the cards and whatnot. You know, put, get some and cons- candles. consider if people who are coming have, you know, what their eyesight is like. Yeah, get some candles out maybe. That might look pretty cool. But away from the board game, obviously. You don't want to have a fire hazard. That's another thing, just thinking of candles. As we did go to a games night one time and the power went out, we were playing Arkham Horror. It was very... Thematic, appropriate, I don't know what the word yeah, thematic, is. thematic, yeah, yeah, yeah. That we had to put candles out to finish the game because we weren't going to go home without finishing the game. Yeah. So, yeah, it, made it, it does make it very difficult to see. You cannot play a game by candlelight easily, but if the power goes out, you know, make sure you've got backup candles like, <laughs> or a lantern or some some form because... Disaster recovery, yeah. Every, everything... Be prepared, this, like yeah, a Boy Scout. Exactly. But, you know, your game tonight has to go smoothly. It's so important that you have those candles for a good game tonight. <laughs> the other thing you might want to consider is the music as well. Now, yes, we've yes. got people in our games night that we host all with fairly similar music tastes, which is nice. But perhaps you, if you're playing like Game of Thrones or Battlestar Galactica or something with a TV theme, perhaps you want to see whether you can get yourself a, a Spotify or, or some sort of an account where you can find that music yep. and, and play it off in the background. But you want to make sure there's a lot of it, especially for a longer game like Game of Thrones, because I think we did have the, um, the soundtrack to Game of Thrones playing one time we played on repeat and because the game goes for so long you end up hearing the same songs five or six times and it, yeah. it does get a bit tedious. So make sure you've got a lot of games, in, uh, a lot of games, a lot of songs in your playlist if you are putting together a playlist for the games. Uh, but it's I've, always good to have music in the background. Yeah, I yeah. I, I find that sometimes those um, movie soundtracks as well, they can have a bit of atmospheric music, a bit of tension building, and it's, yeah. it's a bit of a yeah. laugh to everybody and who's listening. So even if they don't like 
music with lyrics or something. There's always something that can help complement the night just by having the music going off in the background and something and you don't have you, to worry about. It's just infinite repeat yeah. of of bits and pieces. Of and the if same you music. if you don't want to find music appropriate for your game, which is fair enough because we're busy people, I think it's still nice to have music playing. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be a feature. It doesn't need to be loud. Just quiet in the background. It just, I don't know what it is. It's just nice. You don't need to listen to it, but it's just there. Yeah. So, in fact, I know that Asmodee um, on their website actually have for some of the board games their own playlist as well. So, if okay. you're interested, um, you might want to jump onto that and just do a bit of a explore around. I'm pretty sure that you might be able to find something that would be suitable for your particular board game. That's pretty cool. And then there's games like Space Alert. Yes. Um, or does the Escape have does Escape have its own soundtrack? Yeah. Like it I know does. it's got a CD, but I don't know if yeah. it's got music. It's got drums. Yeah. But yeah, so Space Alert. Space Alert has a um, a CD that comes with it, or you can just get the app because who listens to CDs nowadays? But um, it has a you know the sound effects that come with it to tell you important things that are happening in the game because it's a real time game. But you can go online and find some guy has put atmospheric music to it, and it's fantastic. Yeah. So you know, have a look around, see what's out there. There might already be something for you. So. If you want to talk maybe a little bit more about the players themselves and what makes a good, what how to host a good night with the the players. So there's there's quite a bit to consider with players. First of all, is the number of people you're going to invite. Yeah. The thing with a regular games night is you can invite. We find you can invite more people than you want to show up, and you'll be very unlucky if everyone does show up on one night true the good thing about games night is you know a lot of games play well with four players so if there's only four people show up or three people show up even you're still going to have a good night absolutely um in fact we we struggle to find a game with eight or more players yeah so if you are going to invite more people you need to think can I do I have any games that cater for that many people or alternatively am I going to split it and have a couple of different games running at the same so time in that, different rooms that can like that can be a bit of a we've tried it once or twice and we ended up not liking it as much we yep. always for felt, our games night for our games night yeah, yeah. It, it can work for other people absolutely because but at, the, at the other games night we go to yes it's regularly two games in two different rooms yep the things you need to be careful of though is that are the games about the same length yes because that's one big problem we had was one game in one room went on for hours it felt like whereas the other game finished early and then people were like, and now what do we do? Do we play it again? Played it again. And the other game was still going, so then they had to look for a different game. So, And they get halfway through that game and the other game just finishes and then they're yeah. like, oh, what are we going to do? We're going to stop. So, yeah, no, it can be a, ti- a timing issue that can be a bit of, an, a, bit of a concern. Plus it, it's decision-making. What game am I going to play? Some people just can't decide what game they want to play. Yeah. And then sometimes we have had a games night where – one game just sounded like it was going down a lot better and people were laughing a lot more and having a lot more fun in one room than the other room and the other room was just like, oh. 
Well, yeah, it was strategy, you know. So <clears throat> you you do want to you want a quiet quiet room almost, you know. And to, to think that everyone else is having more fun in the other room, you're kind of like, oh man, maybe I picked the wrong wrong game. But um, for my type of personality, where I like to make sure that everyone's happy and enjoying themselves, I'd want to drift between the two games almost. You know, is everyone okay? Yeah. Is everyone enjoying themselves? Yeah. Would anyone like which a cup of tea? Really, which, which is not you can't really, which is not really what you want to do. No, in the exactly. Tonight. So for, for me, when I host, and I, that, as I said, my personality type, I found that it's best to have just one game on the board, oh, sorry, one game on the table. And it sometimes works out quite well to double up on players. Yep. So people partner up for a single player. Absolutely. But we have noticed that in some games, Game of Thrones, for example, that this can mean that every single turn just takes twice as long because there's so much discussion. So be very careful with which games you choose when it comes to partnering up. And when you do partner people up, be very careful about who you partner with who. Yes. Some people work well together. Some people just don't work well together. And there's this whole thing about couples. If the whole couples turn up and you've got one single person who turns up as well. Yeah. That's a bit rough. Yeah. So just be prepared. It, it is kind of good to mix up the couples because you can, if they're trying to play the same player, you can get yeah. some arguments happening yeah. maybe yeah. sometimes, depending on the people. Think about the types of personalities you want at your games night as well with the players. And also some people like we don't like massively lopsided games where someone feels like they're behind and there's just no possible way that they can catch up. Mm -hmm. But we will play them on occasion. But some people just do not cope well with those types of games. It's just just little things like this you need to be aware of. And I think that, I mean, that that kind of leads us into what we're going to lastly discuss about is the games themselves and to be able to go... You know what? You got to be able to read the room as well. You have an idea of what games you would like to host, and they don't need yep. to be you just hosting them. You get other people to host them, which is a great balance. But you need to be able to go. Okay, we've finished this really heavy strategy game. Everyone looks tired. Let's do a light party game, or let's do a filler game to boost everyone's energies, get them out of the chair if they need to, and get yeah. them running around and. and doing some crazy thing something that that kind of just builds the it lifts lifts the room almost and so after that you can have a, a slower game if you wanted to but at least you got to be able to read the room and be able to go okay time to switch gears time for the the player because you, you, when you invite these people there's we're going to have different people from that want different things out of a games night yep. so you want people some people are there for the social some of the people are there for the strategy and to think some people just want to be mean and, and just beat people yeah. up yeah. but um you've got to be able to try and find that happy medium where where at least everyone is happy at least once throughout that night and and as the thing that they're after has been achieved and you don't like there's two different ways you can do it one of them is to pre-pick your games yeah and so everyone's very clear of what games are available on the night and what games are going to be playing on the night or at least mm. you know have an idea of which games they'd prefer to play on the night or you can wing it and pick the games on the night and that's going to depend on the people who are playing and how much time you have to organise it and everything as well. Yeah, just whatever works for you. 
But my number one tip, which is related to the games, is no matter what the game is, no matter who's teaching it, whether it's you or whether it's someone else who's come along, they need to have played the game before the game's night. Definitely. Not just read the rules because you can't teach a game at a game's night going through the rules with everyone sitting there. It just does not work. It slows down the flow of the game and sorry, it slows down the flow of the night and people just get frustrated while they're waiting to read the rules. Especially if you find out that one golden rule which – could mean the difference of someone winning and losing halfway in the middle of the game and you're going, yeah. oh, sorry, guys, I, I forgot that, you know. Um, and I mean, you can sometimes forget um, when you're – even if you've played it before, when you're explaining the rules to yeah. someone else, you can forget a rule. But not knowing, not having played it through – and because sometimes you read the rules and you think, oh, yeah, that makes sense, and then you start to play it and you're like, hold on, what did that mean again? Mm. And you have to go back to the rules. And so even if – like if it's someone who doesn't have – someone who's hosting a game who doesn't have anyone to play with at home, even if they just play like their left hand versus their right hand sort of thing so yeah, they get a chance yeah. to play the game because, yeah, that's just the most important thing for a games night is don't try and learn the rules or learn the game on the night. It has to have been played before no matter whether it's picked on the night or it's picked in advance, it needs to have been played before. Also when picking your games, um, you sort of mentioned it about – having the balance of games throughout the night for different people and what they want. One thing that we can say is you're not going to be able to get two heavy strategy games in a night. Yeah. It's just, it's going to be too much for people. You don't want to turn people off coming to your games night because it's just too full on. Uh, Also, if you've got people who are new to games, even if you really love that heavy strategy game, it might not be appropriate. You might need to pick gateway games instead, so some of the easier games. Yeah, at least for the the first couple of weeks, getting people used to that. And it can be a little bit, I suppose, frustrating if you – you've been playing a lot of these games for a while you want to drum up an extra a drum up a a games night you get rookies who have never played before and then different rookies the week after the month after and different rookies again the you know the time after that and then again and again yeah you got to always bring out those yeah you got to always bring out those gateway games one new person could mean that they everyone brings out a game they've played before but at least uh, you're playing a games night and, ho- and yeah. you know, you're having fun. So, And I think we found when we started our games nights, when people were just getting into games, even though we had a selection of games, those gateway games, those one or two games that get people really interested in their hobby at the start – come out every we came out every month anyway yeah, yeah. Um, because people were always requesting that one game and that's fine like yeah you just, absolutely even one, if you're annoyed with it look, like it, don't it, be annoyed with it just be happy that people are like interested in that game and want to keep playing that game because what you'll find is that people when they leave the game or when those moments in between the game itself that they're talking about it and they're they're talking a bit more maybe about strategy, what they do next time. And if you keep bringing out different games every time, then they can get a little bit... Um, yeah, you want to explore that same game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you want to give them, especially if it's a game which... Uh, an expert will do better over a rookie. It shouldn't be always about you winning because you've played the game more. Yep. Give the other uh, give other people the opportunity to start thinking about different ways they could approach yep. the game. 
And the way that we sort of like we have, like I said, we go to several different games nights. The one at the board game shop is pre-planned games um, and each person just comes in and plays one game. They might play it through twice if it's a shorter game, but it's generally just one game on different tables. The one that we go to at someone else's house is generally just one game. Yeah, um, generally. One planned game, two separate rooms. You pick one or the other um, and you play that one planned game. But then at the end of the night, if it's still relatively early, we'll bring out just a light little filler sort of game just to play all together or just to have a laugh with at the end of the night. Um, Whereas how we run ours is quite different because we used to – be very strict in this. We used to start with a co-op game where everyone was working together. Then we'd move into a strategy game. We might have a filler game between, but generally we did a co-op game and then a heavier strategy game and we ended the night on a party game. So, you know, there's different ways you can play it and different number of games depending on, like we didn't play any super long games, so we could fit those three in. Yeah. And we did do it over dinner, so we had a little bit more time. But, you know, just think about Think about how you want to put your games night together before the night. Yep. Basically the main takeaway. And I suppose above all, give it a go. Yeah, absolutely. And see how you go. We'd love to hear back from you guys about your games night, successful or unsuccessful. It'd be, it'd be great to get some feedback. You have been listening to the All Manner of Things podcast. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at podcast at allmannerofthings.com or alternatively, you can find us on our website www.allmannerofthings.com Thanks for listening. Bye.